You are listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, sponsored by Natural Stacks. If you're into biohacking, performance, or getting more out of life, this is the show for you. For more on building optimal performance into your life, check out naturalstacks.com. Pay attention there. We just switched from optimalperformance.com to everything being hosted at Natural Stacks. So if you guys are looking for the video version of this, make sure you head to naturalstacks.com. for a way to change your life. You got it. I kind of think in some ways, selfishly, that it should remain a secret because it is such an advantage. Natural stack. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself. All right. Happy Thursday, all you optimal performers. Welcome to another episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Muncy, and today we are honored to welcome in Dr. Bill Andrews as our esteemed guest. Bill, thanks for hanging out with us. Thank you. So for our audience, if if they're not aware of who you are, um, it was actually really cool to to try to figure out how I wanted to introduce you. Um, You know, in 2011, Popular Science called you uh, the man who would stop time. Uh, your goal, admittedly, is cure aging and to personally run a seven-minute mile at the age of 130. Um, your resume is amazing. It speaks for itself. The patents now exceed 50. I've been working on trying to cure aging for over 20 years now. Um, I've been in biotech for over 30 years. Uh, my background mostly was at first cancer, heart disease, and inflammation research, but that was because I didn't like any of the theories that existed at the time on aging until I I stumbled upon telomeres, and that changed everything. If you guys listening haven't been able to figure it out already, we're going to be uh, we're going to have some fun today. We're going to talk about um, telomeres, uh, anti-aging, and attempting to live forever with Dr. Andrews. Well, before we dive in, a couple of housekeeping notes for everybody listening. Uh, as you heard in the intro, make sure you go to naturalstacks.com to see the video version of this. Um, I'm sure that Dr. Andrews is going to give us a lot of resources that we will link to so that you can visit them and and further your knowledge outside of what we discussed today. Um, And make sure you share the Optimal Performance Podcast with people that you know who can benefit from this. If you have somebody in your life that is interested in anti-aging or just simply trying to live more optimally and would enjoy and benefit from the things that we talk about on this show, make sure you introduce them to the podcast and help us reach as many people as we can. So, Dr. Andrews, let's do this. Um, Okay. You have just this incredible passion and and fascination with um, curing aging. Where does that come from? What, What drives you to be described as somebody who wants to cure aging or die trying? Well, actually, it's it's actually been discussed a lot because there's a pretty solid reason why I got into this. But it, it, well, part of it, I would just want to say is the reason I want to cure aging is because I love living, you know, <clears throat> and I just can't imagine ever wanting it to stop. Um, but as a kid, this is a true story. It's been documented lots of places. It, when I was a kid, like 10 years old, I was very interested in science and medicine. And my father, who was just shocked at all this because nobody else in the family had ever had such interest, he came up to me and just said, well, Bill, since you're so interested in this stuff, when you grow up, why don't you become a doctor and find a cure for aging? He used those exact words. 
And he also said, I don't know why nobody's done this yet. And uh, he thought that was really frustrating that, you know, why, why, is, why is nobody working on something like this? Well, it turned out there were lots of people working on it. It's just a lot harder than he thought it would be. But uh, I, I, I latched onto that instantly. I thought, wow, that's a great idea. You know, it's, um, um, and I've been obsessed with it all through school. I used to, in high school, I used to let people know, boy, the thing I want to do is cure aging. But when I'd get together with my roommates, because I was in a private boarding school at the time, and uh, or talk to friends and theorize about what causes aging and stuff like that, it's just it was clear to me that nothing made any sense. And uh, so, you know, all through high school, college, graduate school, just nothing made sense to me. I mean, it's like we don't age because of the environment is the way I look at it. Um, the, the foods we eat or the exposure to the sun or things like that. <clears throat> it's it, it, because why is it that people that live on the North and South Poles age at the same rate that people live on the equator if the environment played such a major role? And why is it that dogs and cats will age at uh, different rates than humans when they're in the same environment? And so, so all the theories, I kept thinking, they don't make sense. All the twos and twos have to add up, and they just didn't. Uh, and so I, I just was convinced there had to be some kind of clock that's ticking inside of all humans. And in cats and dogs, that clock is just set differently. But what was that clock? And so I, I for many years, I, even though I was told everybody I wanted to work on Cure for Aging, and even when I got my Ph.D., I had applied to every postdoc lab in the country that I could find that was working on trying to cure aging. <clears throat> and I got offers at every one of them. And when I went and interviewed with them, I just decided, uh, boy, they're on the wrong target. They're, they're on the wrong track. They're, what they're doing doesn't make any sense. And so I chose to go into biotech instead when I got my PhD with the idea that someday I'll figure out something to latch onto that makes a lot of sense. So I uh, went to uh, work in biotech, started off at a company called Armos Corporation in 1981, uh, which was uh, very associated with uh, Genentech, which was, had just only started a few years before then. So it was the very beginning days of biotech. And then I went to Codon Corporation and, and et cetera. There, there was a few more. I don't go into that detail, but it was really frustrating. All I, I just worked on cancer research, heart disease research, inflammation research, and a few other things that I did really well. I actually, you know, made a lot of major uh, discoveries for a lot of the big fields that existed back then. I, I don't know many people that can say that I'm part inventor of most of the original biotech products that exist. But I, you know, my, my passion was still aging. And I used to make it clear to the company I was working for that I want to find some project to work on that has something to do with some kind of clock that controls the aging process. Um, then one day I went to a conference, uh, in Lake Tahoe, a, a place called the Grand Labakan in South Lake Tahoe and, and actually North is Tahoe city. I think it is. And, uh, I heard a guy named Calvin Harley, Dr. Calvin Harley talk about the fact that our telomeres shorten as we get older. And he said, you know, I can take blood from anybody in, in the room. I can measure the length of your telomeres and I can tell you how old you are. And more importantly, I can tell you how long it'll be before you die of old age, all from the length of your telomeres. And I thought, wow, okay, here it is. Here's a clock. And before he could even get off stage, I was 
at the bottom of the podium saying, okay, has anybody figured out how to stop that clock or control the clock? And he just told me that, well, they've been working on it for years. They have collaborators all over the place working on it, and nobody has been able to figure it out. Um, and I just said, okay, I'm, I'm really passionate about this. Let me come and work with you, and I'll have it figured out in three months is what I told him. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he, he knew about my background, so uh, it was the shortest job interview ever. He offered me the job right then. And three months and 17 days later, I discovered – or my team, let's say, I led the team that discovered human telomerase. Um, <clears throat> and telomerase had already been discovered in Tetrahymena by the Nobel Prize winners, Elizabeth Blackburn, Carol Greider, and Jack Sostak. But uh, they hadn't connected the dots uh, to show that this was possibly playing a role in aging and cancer until uh, much later. And uh, But they were unable to discover the human telomerase version of that enzyme they discovered. And uh, so I ended up discovering that, and then it's been just uphill ever since. Uh, we very quickly showed that we could completely stop the aging process in human cells in a Petri dish by every method of measurement you can imagine, um, and uh, at least for cells in a Petri dish. And uh, uh, we, we exceeded the Hayflick limit. The Hayflick, we obliterated it. It just was non-existent uh, when we put the enzyme telomerase into cells and stopped the telomeres from shortening. And, uh, you know, at the same time, I, don't, I was almost going to say unfortunately, but fortunately, we also discovered that inhibiting telomerase uh, would kill almost every cancer cell by essentially accelerating it to die of old age. Uh, and so uh, we had the what, cure for cancer and the cure for aging in our hands all at the same time. And Geron investors decided there was quicker return on investment if they went after the cancer. So with Jaron's blessing, I left and started CR Sciences to focus on the idea of inducing telomerase to uh, fight aging. And uh, uh, I'm a named inventor on a lot of the cancer patents and several things that are in clinical studies right now. But again, my passion is aging. And if there weren't so many millions of people already working on cancer, my passion would be cancer too. But it's just not enough people working on aging and more people working on cancer. And, and I now believe that everything we're doing and the best way to prevent cancer and even to fight cancer is to prevent aging. I think aging is the, the, our weakened immune system, our increased rate of mutation rates, uh, that are, come from advanced age are the major causes of cancer. And also, uh, uh, aging can help our bodies, our cancers, survive anything we hit them with. So I think keeping us young increases cancer therapies to work. It decreases our chances of getting cancer and just our, it increases our body's ability to fight cancer. So I think everything we're doing now is both cancer and aging. So the, the billion dollar question and, and the, you know, the price of admission here is how do we, what are the actionable items? What are the things that we need to implement into our life to, to try to make that happen? Well, nothing, nothing really exists yet to um, stop telomeres from shortening or to lengthen them. Well, I, I, should call, I should say qualify that, say there are gene therapy protocols that exist right now that can do that. And <clears throat> that's what Liz Parrish and I are working on. Uh, and uh, we hope to have something coming soon that that people can actually start signing up to get treated 
but it's going to be uh, enormously expensive. Right. We're talking like $2 million in injection. And, and the reason for that cost isn't because we're trying to make a bunch of money, which <laughs> is not my passion at all. Um, it's because just preparing enough of the what gene therapy is to prepare it costs so much that it, it's like in our hands – it would cost us, we, we estimate, $700,000 just to make enough for one treatment. Wow. And, th- and then there's still all the doctor costs and the clinic costs and things like that that, that rack it up. That it, It's probably going to cost $2 million of treatment. But I look at this as just a way for us to get some more revenue for royalties, let's say, to fund the real research that we're doing is to discover a very affordable small molecule that will induce the expression of telomerase in all the cells of our body and lengthen our telomeres. And I think once we have the funding, we're, we're actually a year away from having something like that for testing in humans. Wow, that's phenomenal. I've paid my $2 million. I'm getting this gene therapy uh, injection. What's my experience? You know, we are, we are reaching into the unknown here. Okay. Um, I, I would never, ever make predictions, but I will say I wouldn't be surprised if you got younger and healthier. Now, you look pretty young to me already, so you might not be a good candidate, just like I thought Liz Parrish wasn't a good candidate when <clears throat> she treated herself. But uh, if if we take this and treat like a 80-year-old person, and I, I'd love to do somebody like Betty White for instance. That'd be like, awesome. <laughs> yeah. She, she's just incredible. And she, you know, she's in her nineties. Um, and, uh, and I, my mother turns 90 tomorrow and I'd love to treat her too. Uh, but I would, I, I would expect to see, let's say, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw actual physical appearances getting younger and health getting better. And that's the goal. And I want to say that I've never, ever been in this field saying that I, absolutely know that's going to happen because as a scientist, I would never say anything like that about anything. But the big question is we can't answer the question until we actually have something that lengthens telomeres and see what happens. And so this gene therapy are be our first opportunity to do that. So if we saw those results, it would come from lengthening the telomeres. Yes. Oh yeah. That's the one thing that we're doing is we're lengthening telomeres, uh, I mean, there have been publications, especially like Dr. Rhonda Pennell, who's the head of MD Anderson now. He's published papers saying that he thought that telomeres might be the kingpin of all the other things that control aging, at least mitochondria dysfunction and oxidative stress. But <clears throat> I believe that, that lengthening telomeres could, let's say I wouldn't be surprised if, mm-hmm. we found that even things like advanced glycation end products, and uh, it, it, let, let's say they disappeared from maybe cell division causing them to be diluted out or maybe some other mechanisms like the receptor for advanced advanced glycation in products might operate to start degrading, getting rid of the products themselves. Uh, We might see SIRT-T1 go back to its higher levels. We might see human growth hormone go to higher higher levels. Uh, We might see all the changes that occur as you get older reversed, but we don't know. We won't know until we try, but I think the, the it's got a better theoretical uh, uh, background than anything else I've ever heard of because it's, there's great models to explain how it affects gene expression, how telomere lengths ex- affect gene expression. There's great 
models that show how short telomeres actually cause increased mutation rates. <clears throat> and uh, uh, so I think lengthening telomeres has a promise of doing a lot of things, but we won't know until we try. And I'm looking forward to the first really good study. I'll say there's been some attempts right now, but I, I've got to say there's they we 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 don't have enough data from the things to be able to uh, say if, if they worked or not. Okay. Okay. So then if that has all been talking about increasing the length of the telomeres, are there things that we can do or should be trying to do to prevent the shortening of them? Well, yeah, decreasing the rate of shortening is a lot of things that have been published <clears throat> now. And I'm, I'm a big believer in every single one of them. I, I practice all of them, but I would say that the number one best stuff that I've seen is just endurance exercise, um, bicycling, swimming, walking, running. Um, you know, most of the studies were done with runners, but uh, they've all shown that the more endurance exercise you do and the longer you've been doing it, the longer your telomeres. And it's not because the exercise is lengthening your telomeres. It's because it's decreasing the accelerated rate of shortening. Um, and the things that cause, let me just say, the things that cause the accelerated rate of shortening are things that, like oxidative stress and uh, uh, inflammation. Those things will accelerate the rate that your telomeres shorten. Mm -hmm. So exercise, if you do it all the time, I, I think there's, you know, the data doesn't have, the, the publications don't have the whole story. But I'm, I'm beginning to see a model emerge where it suggests that if you exercise all the time, you'll be okay. But if you are an occasional exerciser, let's say you, you run every month, one, one day a month, and then enter a marathon, you'll probably do really well. But the next day, you'll be so inflamed, inflammation will be all over you, that you'll be stiff as a board. And that's, that's going to cause accelerated telomere shorting. But if you run every day and then run a marathon, you're not going to have that inflammation. You'll probably next day be out running again. Um, and uh, so, so it depends on the lifestyle. It, it's, it also, I also believe that if you're the type of runner that, that feels like you've got to go as fast as you can every time you go running and you, you're one of those marathon runners that, that cross the finish line on your hands and knees throwing up, yeah, I think you're going to accelerate your telomere shortening there too. I think, I think the exercise has to be keep be kept fun. You know, you got to enjoy yourself, having a great time. If if it becomes a real struggle, that's a sign to to quit. You know, and come back another day, <clears throat> or maybe the next day. You know, it's. Uh, but there's lots of data saying that there's a very good correlation between, like, the sedentary people versus the 10K runners, versus the marathon runners, versus the ultramarathon runners. The ultramarathon runners have longer telomeres than the marathon runners. The marathon runners have longer telomeres than the 10K runners. And the 10K runners have longer telomeres than the sedentary people. Um, so, so that's one. That's yeah. you asked me for a list. That's just endurance exercise. But there's also supplements, um, antioxidants, vitamin D, omega-3 fatty acids, uh, they've been published in scientifically peer-reviewed journal articles showing that um, the more you take and the longer you've been taking them, well, let's say not necessarily the more you take, but there's a, of course, there's an optimal dose, but the mm -hmm. longer you've been taking them, mm -hmm. the longer your telomeres. And again, not because they lengthen your telomeres, they just decrease the rate of accelerated telomere shortening. Then there's the uh, uh, 
uh, psychological stress, the kind your boss gives you, that that's also been shown. And also, you know, there's the other kinds of stresses, not from your boss, but the, uh, for instance, it's been published that adults that have been abused as children have shorter telomeres than their friends are same age that weren't abused as children, wow. all because of the stress. Hmm. Depression, depression has also been connected to length of telomeres. Depression causes accelerated telomere shortening. Um, smoking and obesity are very strongly correlated with telomere length. The more you smoke and the more obese you are, the shorter your telomeres. Uh, and these, these are things you all want to, re- everybody wants to reverse. Um, and then the last one I want to mention is just pessimism. Uh, there's been two studies showing that pessimistic people have shorter telomeres than optimistic people. And I don't know cause and effect. I think they're kind of funny that they've been published, but the correlations do exist. Uh, I, I think if you don't believe you're going to be 100, you're probably right uh, because your telomeres <laughs> are going to be shorter. But, but, you know, people can do a lot of these, a lot of things. You know, meditation will help with the stress. Um, taking those supplements I mentioned will help. Uh, exercise, keep it fun. You know, walking is better than nothing. You know, that's it. Right. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, and you mentioned endurance exercise, starting to see a lot more research about it and, and how it impacts um, brain health as well. Uh, we, we shared a, a study that was published last week that said the longer you go in that exercise session, so I guess specifically in the study, they used mice and they went, they ran to exhaustion. Um, then in the study, they had the mice on their treadmill and when they could no longer get back on the treadmill, they said, okay, you're done. Um but the longer they went, the more neurogenesis they saw. Yeah, I read that study. Very exciting. It's, yeah. it's uh, but it, you know, it still seems to contradict a lot of previous studies. Doesn't it? Uh, yeah, with, with mice, my, mice aren't like humans. It, like humans, when we are put, if we were put on a treadmill or something like that all the time, um, we will generate uh, free radicals just like mm-hmm. the mice do. But we'll also boost our antioxidants. And to such a point that our oxidative stress would be less, whereas mice don't have that ability. Okay. And, and so that's why, you know, if you have a pet mouse, I wouldn't recommend putting it on a treadmill all the time. But uh, that doesn't mean that you should be, treat yourself the same way. I get out there and exercise because I believe it, 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 there's been studies, again, in scientifically peer-reviewed journal articles showing that if you do a lot of exercise, your oxidative stress is actually lower because of your uh, elevated antioxidants. My question is, what what is that? What's the cause of that? Is it just because we get circulation, endorphins? Is it all of it, or is it just simply that the antioxidants are increased? I don't know. I I would affect it just I guess it's something to do with our whole epigenetic gene expression whole uh, system. Okay, but uh, it, it's it's a very complicated process, and it has to do with the fact that we are designed to move. So the more of that we do, the better we will yes. express health. Move is the best word, and this is something everybody wants to move, keep moving. Yeah, okay. So one of the things that I find fascinating about your life or your sport is, you know, at the time when The Immortalists came out, uh, that was something that you and Aubrey de Grey were were featured in that documentary. Um, You know, the, the guys at... Singularity actually reported that at the time you were 61, you were averaging 10 miles a day uh, and at least one 100-mile uh, marathon every month. Are you still maintaining numbers like that? 
I'm trying to. I mean, my traveling has gotten so extensive that it's hard to to go anywhere. I was just I just returned from Bogota, Colombia, and you know I like to run every day. And uh, my host there, uh, I was I was at a uh, medical clinic there. They were really terrified about the idea that I was thinking of even of going outside and run because you know I could be kidnapped or something like that. <laughs> right. And uh, <clears throat> so I uh, uh, they drove me to Central Park in uh, uh, Bogota, Colombia, and there was like. Every hundred yards, a military personnel with a machine gun, uh, and thousands of runners because all these nobody would run anywhere else, but they'd all go here because of the protection from the military they have. Okay. Uh, and uh, so, 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 um, yeah. So, I I don't get as when I'm traveling, don't get as much chance to run as I normally would. Plus, sometimes when I go to China, the smog's too bad mm-hmm. to go outside. Um, but uh, yeah, my running, I, I try to I do try to sign up for at least a 50 or hundred mile race once a month. Wow. Uh, otherwise I feel like I'm going through withdrawals and you know, I don't consider these things torture or anything like that. I consider them, them fun and adventures. And, and yeah. I always, my, my slogan is to start is to win, you know, it's, it's, it's being there. It's, you know, I, sometimes I have so much fun out there. I don't ever want it to stop. It's not a race for me. It's just adventure, exploring, going places where, Nobody else can because of the fact that, that you, you you won't find water and food if you went on that adventure by yourself. But you know, a lot of times the only way I get water and food out of there is because the race director would drop it from helicopters on mountaintops, and I just got to find the, the food and eat it and then move on. That sounds like a great team building activity. I think the Natural Stacks team is going to do that. <laughs> it's it's so addicting. I just I, that's why I can't go a month without doing one. That is cool. So tell us, how old are you now and, and what's your daily routine like? I mean, how can we be in our 60s and, and be, you know, you don't look that old. Eh? Yeah, well, I'm 64 now. Okay. Uh, next year, I'm, I'm supposed to retire because I'm incapable of doing anything anymore. But uh, that's the old ways. <clears throat> um, I, uh, you know, I I do actually, I, I, I running is the main thing I do, but I, I I try to lead a really healthy diet. I, you know, I try to stay away from the, uh, the inflammatories. You know, I, I stay away from sugar. I, I like to keep my sugar as low as possible. I try not to eat bread and things like that. I'm, I'm, I'm guilty of, of breaking those rules a lot though, but I, <clears throat> at least the, the effort there makes me better than those people that don't make the effort. Right. Um, so let's say I, I minimize sugar a lot. Sugar is one of the top ones. I minimize gluten a lot. Um, I, uh, uh, stay away from trans fats and saturated fats. When, when I see, uh, when I'm buying something like a candy bar at the store or something like that, I will, you know, I don't mean candy bar, but like a health bar, but I call them candy bars. Um, I will, I will instantly go to the, the fats and the sugar and find out what's going on. The, the total amount of fat doesn't usually bother me. Uh, total amount of carbs usually doesn't bother me. I'd like to get lots of protein, uh, those are just ways of life I have. The, I do that on a regular basis. Um, but uh, you know, I I try to like eat really well. I, I you know try to keep. I don't I don't believe in caloric restriction. I believe that works great on mice, round roundworms, fruit flies, and yeast. But uh, it's just not a good thing for humans. I, I okay. I do have another saying, and that's what's the point of living a long time if you're not living. And I think a person on caloric restriction is not really living. And so I would say don't do that. Um, and while we're on the subject, I also say 
human growth hormone, uh, microdermabrasion, things like that. Those those might actually accelerate aging, but do them anyway, <laughs> you know, <laughs> because of the fact that you know they they think those things are they they really do uh, make people feel younger and look younger. So, but it's actually just a temporary thing. I'm afraid, of. but uh, but okay. So. Getting back on what else I do, I don't take human growth hormone, uh, but uh, maybe someday I will start doing it. Uh, there's just like thousands of dollars a month to take it, and that's why I don't take it. Well, you mentioned uh, that that it can it could accelerate aging. Why why is that? Well, because it induces bone cell and muscle cell proliferation. That's how it works. And by definition, anything every time a cell divides, the telomeres get shorter. So it's human growth hormone and microdermabrasion are going to cause accelerated telomere shortening. Uh, and it, it, you know, you'll feel younger, look younger because of the increased number of cells, but the cells are physically older. The individual cells are physically older. The clump of them looks young. The, the cells are individu- individually older, and, uh, and you'll experience a big cliff later on where all of a sudden – you, the telomeres get so short, you start showing lot, all kinds of signs of advanced aging. Um, but again, I, I do it. I would say to do it anyway. I don't do it, but I, I would encourage people to continue doing it. And I will have a fix for you, for them, you know, before <laughs> their telomeres before, get too short. Before they hit yeah. the cliff. Yes. Okay. But are we, are we done with all the things I do? I'm trying to think. I, I mean, I take tremendous numbers of supplements. I go to Okay, so I, I read the literature all the time. I go to medical conferences all the time. Mm-hmm. I speak to people. Every time somebody's telling me something that can make me healthier, make me younger, all this kind of stuff, I look into it. You know, I'm going to say 90% of the time it's quackery and charlatans and stuff like that. But uh, after you do this for a while, and especially in my case because I do this all the time, I can weed these out. And And so if I find something that sounds like it might be good, but I can't find any reason not to do it, like no negative so I'll, I'll i'll add it to my regimen of supplements to take and stuff like that it's like the most recent thing i've added is glycine okay. i now take two grams of glycine in the morning and two grams of grams of glycine at night and that was because some study out of japan came out published in a scientifically peer-reviewed journal saying that it extended lifespan and actually increased the metabolic rate not the meta, uh yeah the metabolic rate in humans uh all the reason to take it. So I, I'm put, added that to my regimen. But I've got a whole bunch of things that I do. What else do you do like that? We, we were curious to hear some of your okay. if you have any special tonics or or, or supplement regimens. Well, I believe in 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 keeping your uh, uh, blood vessels flexible. Okay, so I do uh, uh, nitric oxide things. Like I take. A product called Neo Forty N E O Forty. I also take L-arginine, which induces uh, nitric oxide production, especially when you get older. Um, <clears throat> and uh, uh, what else? Uh, so I, I, you know, I take, as I said before, my omega three fatty acids. And, and omega three fatty acids, I take about two and a half grams a day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't remember the exact breakdown of the EPA and the DHA, but <clears throat> uh, I do take about 2.2 and a half grams a day. Um, I take, uh, oh, let's see what else. Um, as I quickly in my head, go through my medicine cow, oh, you know, so like there's, there's a new product out, uh, a nicotinamide riboside, uh, that's, uh, Leonard Garente is, uh, the inventor of it's uh, uh helps with your 
NAD pathways and stuff like that. And the data looks pretty good there for at least mice and stuff like that. But I don't see any harm in trying it. And I'm taking it. I've been, I've, I'm now on auto ship, you know, <laughs> um, because I, I believe it, it can only be a benefit to us. Um, and, and Leonard Garente, he's, he's a scientist who's very passionate about curing aging too. And so, uh, if he believes it, I believe it. Okay. Um, the, uh, uh, <clears throat> what else? Uh, I mentioned omega threes. Oh, metformin. <laughs> Metformin's a big one. And, uh, I've been taking metformin now for eight years. Really? Uh, yes, because, and I take a gram a day. Really? Yeah, and it, it's because all the studies were showing that these diabetics that were taking it were having lower incidences of cancer uh, and uh, more lower than, than diabetics that weren't taking it and even lower than non-diabetics that weren't taking it. And so That's- I started... Fascinating. Yeah. So for people that don't know, metformin is diabetes uh, medication to uh, help with blood sugar. Yes, it regulates your blood sugar. But I'm not a diabetic, but I've been taking it for eight years just because of the cancer and stuff. And, and now it's even suggested that it might be an analog of rapamycin. Now, rapamycin has been shown to enhance uh, lifespan in mice and roundworms and those other animals. Um, <clears throat> not in humans yet. Uh, but, uh, you know... Uh, and rapamycin itself actually has toxic side effects. Uh, and so I wouldn't take it. But metformin, if it's an analog or mimetic of rapamycin, then then I'm getting the benefits that rapamycin would offer too. There is also a, like a, the very first anti-aging clinical study ever has been approved. Uh, and it's looking at metformin excuse me, to see if it extends the lifespan of humans. And I, I've heard there's also another clinical study where they're using a combination of rapamycin and metformin. Wow. Uh, <clears throat> That'll be fascinating to see when those are published. Yeah, no, it's a, it'll be a while, but it doesn't mean people can't start taking it now. Right, right. So we've talked about a few uh, things that are all benefits of curcumin. So I'm, I'm really curious to hear your thoughts. We just released uh, our curcumin product Um so I'm not putting you on the spot with our product by any means, oh. but but I know from from our release and doing all the research for it that curcumin has been shown to decrease uh, the the rate of telomere shortening. It is a huge anti-inflammatory. Uh, always has been. It's been used in Ayurvedic medicine for years for that and for pain relief. And it's actually it was shown in a study at Auburn uh, University to be 400 times more effective than metformin at. Uh, uh, was it AMPK uh, hmm. uh, stimulation? No, I I, I, I don't I, I don't have that in front of me. So, but I know yeah. the number was four hundred times more effective than metformin by name in the study. Yeah, I take curcumin every day. Okay, okay, uh, and I'm a big believer in that it's a healthy thing to do. Um, <clears throat> the um, oh, I I gotta confess, we have tested it here and have found that it has no abilities to stimulate telomerase okay. uh, to lengthen telomeres. I, since it is a strong anti-inflammatory, I believe that that's its main function is by decreasing uh, inflammation, you're actually decreasing the rate of telomere shortening. Right. Um, <clears throat> but for that matter, any antioxidant or any anti-inflammatory by that definition is going to actually help keep your telomeres long. 
Okay. But curcumin has a host of a lot of other benefits. I mean, I, it's, it's, if I, if I spent, give you a list of all the things I take, which the curcumin's on, I, I, this would take an hour to get through. <laughs> well, uh, since you do take it and you take it every day, we'll send you a bottle of ours. Um, uh, you may be interested in, in making the switch. Um, we've got a, uh, liquid micelle version that is uh, significantly um, more bioavailable than uh, anything else that's on the market. Okay. You know, it's just, for some reason, it, I forget the connection between curcumin and turmeric. Turmeric. Um, curcumin, curcumin is the bioactive compound in the spice turmeric. Okay. And, and turmeric <clears throat> is 3% by weight curcumin. Okay. All I know is that there was a study that came out that said turmeric actually inhibited telomerase. Uh, to okay. and and the the people that had published it were actually people that were trying to promote it as an anti-cancer therapy because it, it you know maybe a few people still believe but it's actually more belief right now that, that some people used to believe that telomerase causes cancer now I think the data is clearly shown it's the exact opposite it decreases the rate of cancer but <clears throat> the turmeric came out a few years ago saying that it inhibited telomerase take this if you have cancer. And we tested that here, and we could not get any reproduction of that at all. Uh, and the reason why I wanted to make certain we could show that it didn't work is because I want people to take turmeric, right? Okay, but I want them also to be taking inducing their telomerase with right. some of the telomerase products on there out there. And so we so we certainly wouldn't want to take something that decreases, right? Yeah. So to be clear, it does not. Turmeric does not inhibit telomerase we can't detect any inhibition whatsoever okay that's great news yeah so you you just brought up uh, cancer again is there anything exciting on the horizon in in terms of telomerase and, and cancer research well <clears throat> the telomerase inhibitors that are in clinical studies are showing problems of having the cancers come back okay and okay. this is because they're they're their mental function is to inhibit telomerase, causing the telomeres to get shorter in the cancer cells. And when the telomeres get really critically short, it increases the mutation rate a lot. And as a result, a mutation occurs in one of the cancer cells that allows it to survive mm. and grow back. <clears throat> and so this is this is a problem. So so I mean it, it's it's better than not doing it, but it's right. still it's still get, still got some problems. Uh, keeping telomeres long is the best way to fight cancer and to prevent cancer. But if you have cancer and you can kill, if you can target cancer cells by, by killing any cell that produces telomerase, uh, that, that would be a great way to fight the cancer. But you wouldn't want to be taking a telomerase inducer at the time because then you'd kill all your cells. But <clears throat> in the absence of a telomerase inducer, if you were to provide yourself with a drug that would kill telomerase positive cells without causing telomere shortening, uh, that might be a great way. In fact, I even recommend that, that if there was such a drug, and there isn't yet, if there was such a drug, you first want to lengthen the telomeres, take a telomerase inducer to lengthen all the telomeres in your cancer cells, then quit taking the telomerase inducer to turn telomerase off in all your non-cancer cells, then take the uh, drug that poisons, let's say, telomerase positive cancer cells and kill all the cancers, and then afterwards go back on the inducer to keep your immune system telomeres long and stuff like that. I think that's going to be the best way 
for us to fight cancer in the future if the immunological methods that are being tested right now don't don't cure it all beforehand. Because uh, <clears throat> I'm real excited about what's going on there. I think that's I think we've got some great cures for cancer coming there. But uh, in the meantime, uh, I think the present telomerase inducers or inhibitors are are not going to be as great as we hoped they would be, even though I'm a named inventor on several of them. Uh, we have to find ways to poison. We are we are actually, even though my company is focused on that, we have stumbled upon a few ways to to actually uh, poison telomerase-positive cells. And we're actually looking for, right now, marketing partners, our people to go through, because we want to we keep our attention on the aging, but we don't want to stand in the way of a cancer uh, therapy. Right, right. So you mentioned earlier the, the financial aspect of, you know, a lack of funding is a major obstacle in the, the quest for anti-aging. Why do you think that is? Well, it wasn't before. Okay. <clears throat> um, back in 1999, when I first decided to start Sierra Sciences, uh, I found investors almost immediately. Um, and, uh, you know, we operated for years. Uh, every time we'd go out and get more funding, it was never a problem. I never had problems raising funding. I, in the, between 1999 and 2008, I raised $33 million from angel investors. But in the global financial crisis of 2008 destroyed their ability to invest any further. And ever since then, it's been really, really difficult to find investors. So is there an element of uh, like fighting against um, the medical industry or, or, or big pharma, um, you know, to where people in, in certain interests uh, may not want to see aging cured? I haven't seen it. I mean, the only experience that I have had is maybe 10 years ago <clears throat> when I was speaking at a conference. Uh, somebody from the FDA was in the audience and took me aside afterwards and said, you know, we'll never, approve, we'll never allow you to do clinical studies to cure aging because aging isn't a disease. And that kind of floored me. I, I was a little shocked by that. But, you know, things have changed. Look at they They've just approved a clinical study for metformin when the goal is to uh, see how it affects aging. So I think things have changed. People are coming around. But I have never encountered any problems with large pharma being upset. We've had large pharma visit here. We've had some, I don't want to mention companies, but some of the bigger ones come here and meet with us pretty regularly. Uh, and, and they say that, you know, like when we have a, a drug that we can drop into a Petri dish and turn old human cells into young human cells again, then they're interested in talking to us. <laughs> but in the meantime, they don't want to get involved in research anymore. Right. So the research is still, and, and the, the big problem is that the world doesn't realize that, that that's happening. They think that the large pharma is doing research and they're not. Uh, the small companies are doing research and they can't get the funding. Uh, and so people, you know, you're always hearing about some big news story about somebody does some research that is, puts us closer to the cure for Alzheimer's or cancer or aging or something like that. And then five years later, people say, well, that must have been some kind of joke because we've never heard anything from them since. Well, what they don't realize is the reason they didn't hear anything from them is because even with all the publicity, they still didn't get any funding. Um, and, and, and they didn't get any funding because everybody believes that they've got all the funding in the world. We're now this close to generating all the funding we need, which we estimate to be about a million dollars a month. Wow. Uh, the, that's to, to get our research really going. And that's we're, we're this close to doing that right now. 
And when we are at that point, I will say that we'll be one year away from having something to test in humans that'll be an affordable small drug. I can't wait for that. I'll be one of the first in line. I'll be a first adapter for that. Yeah, but you don't look like you need it. But, I, uh, but that's the point. I don't want to ever have to need it. Yeah, good. I, I agree. It's, it's you want. I think people should be doing every whatever they can to keep their telomeres long from the day they're born. Exactly. Exactly. Maybe the day they're conceived. Yeah. Well. Okay, so so, so mother should be doing something. Yeah. All right. So, uh, Doctor Andrews, if if we haven't given you the chance yet, what's the one thing that you would want to impart to our listeners uh, to protect? themselves or, or, you know, slow the aging process. It's like, do whatever you can to keep your telomeres long. Um, and, uh, it turns out all the other theories on aging, uh, they'll also doing those things too. will actually help keep your telomeres long too. Um, just, uh, you know, I, I would say that the best thing anybody can do is spread the word. Let Somehow, you know, I always say, if you're sitting on an airplane next to a billionaire and that billionaire is saying, boy, I wish somebody would cure my aging, <laughs> tell, them, tell them there are people out there. There's, there's us. There's Aubrey de Grey. There's Liz Parrish. There's, there's Genesient. There's, there's so many companies out there right now that are passionate about trying to find a cure for aging. They're not all doing the same thing. I'm very glad they're not because – you know, we won't know what actually really cures aging until we do it. Plus, I believe that there isn't only one cure of aging. Mm. I, I think we've got, I think of each theory on why we age as a stick of dynamite that's burning inside of us. And uh, it's all dependent on the length of the fuses. So which fuses got the shortest, which stick of dynamite has the shortest fuse? And I, I think I think it's telomeres. Well, when we put that out, it doesn't mean the other sticks of dynamite are going to quit burning. So I'm glad... Other people are doing the other things, um, and it it gives me if I if I can put that one fuse out that prevents our telomeres from shortening, it gives me possibly forty years of more research time to find out how to put out the other ones. Yeah, I but, like uh, it. Yeah, spread the word. We need funding. All of us do. Uh, people just steer people in the right direction because they all believe that we don't need funding when we do. It's not going. Aging is not going to cure itself. I like it. So tell our listeners where they can find more of you or get more of your research if they're interested. Well, I do have a book. It's available on Amazon.com. It's pretty much designed to answer all the questions that people always ask me when I speak on stage. Um, I, I get kind of embarrassed sometimes when I speak on stage and then I get done. I walk out in the hallway and everybody follows me and the next speaker has nobody left in the room. So, so I wrote the book so that they'll all stay in the room and they can just read the book later. Um, the um, uh, there's the the Immortalist, the movie The Immortalist. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a lot about who me and Aubrey are, but we both of us get an opportunity to talk about our science, so they can understand what we're doing and what it's all about. Uh, our website is www.sierrasci.com. So it's S-I-E-R-R-A-S-C-I. That's short for SierraSciences.com. You guys listening don't have to try to remember that. We'll have the link to it on the Natural Stacks blog version of this. So you just click straight through to that. All right. And, uh, well, I think I ran the gamut there. I can't think of anything else to say. Okay. All right. So before we let you go, the question that we ask all of our guests, we want to know your top three tips to live optimal. And we've, I know we've, we've probably hit on some of them already, but 
if your top three tips to help our listeners live optimal, enjoy life, um, exercise, um, and, uh, get checkups all the time. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's better to know than not to know because even if there's nothing you can do about it, you could get out there and you could start finding out what you can do about it. Maybe help join some, uh, cancer, uh, campaign campaign or something like that. Anti-cancer campaign. You know, there's, there's always something you can do about it. It's always better to know, but okay. So enjoy life, exercise, and get yourself checked up as often as you can on everything. All right. There you have it. So, Dr. Andrews, thank you so much for hanging out with us. This has been great. For everybody listening, thank you guys for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next Thursday. All right. Thank you. Enjoyed it. Knuckle Stuck. Start optimizing your mental and physical performance. Optimize yourself.